This episode is brought to you by Kimpton English Hotel South Beach, Miami's sophisticated chic retreat at the center of it all. With stylish accommodations ranging from airy studios and lofts to spacious spa villas and poolside bungalows. Together with the hotel's rooftop pool and sun deck, second adult pool, lush gardens, and inspired restaurant and cocktail lounge, guests enjoy an unmatched sanctuary-like experience in the heart of South Beach. For more info or to book your next stay, visit www.anglershotelmiami.com and follow them at Anglers Hotel on Instagram or Anglers Hotel Miami on Facebook. Girls Gone Boss is the driven women's guide to love, life, and business. Hosted by the boss ladies Alex and Gabby. Combined, their network gathers an array of women from various industries who exemplify strength and tenacity. Their fun and positive approach to life will awaken the boss in you. You're listening to Girls Gone Boss. Our guest today is the executive corporate pastry chef at Barton G. Jessica Scott is responsible for the conception of new desserts, recipe development, refinement, and production in addition to managing staff across all locations from coast to coast. Jessica got her early start in San Diego where she attended the Art Institute of California and has since accumulated an array of impressive accolades and recognitions throughout the years. You might recognize Jessica from the Food Network's Dessert Games, where she took home the winning title, or from my very favorite show, the Food Network's Halloween Baking Championship. Jessica is here today to share with us her experience in this male-dominated industry and to share some sweet tips and insights with us. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Girls Gone Boss. I'm Alex. I'm Gabby. And we're back at the Angler's Hotel. We're so excited that they have made this kind of like our home. home. I like it. Without even really trying, but really shout out to Liji. Yes. Who has been amazing, who also is a director of sales here and has always opened the doors for Girls Gone Boss. And now we have a little sign that says Girls Gone Boss. I like that. We have to post that. It's really cute. I did. Okay, perfect. <laughs> Thank you, Gabby. But so, yeah, let's catch up because I know I have, I have a question some, for you. Yeah, I know. 5 a.m. club. We Listen, promised We promised last time that you I would did. catch us up with this. I honestly, Alex, I did good for did like you? a week. <laughs> okay. I did. What happened the other week? I was very committed. Not the 5 a.m. I woke up more like 5.45. Okay. Because there's a 6 a.m. Um, orange theory class that I can do. Oh. And I did that. I did meditating. Um, I journaled. And in my journal, I would add little like short to do things for the day. And then at the end of the night, I would come back and be like, okay, I did this. I did that. I did that. But like short term goals. But are they personal goals? Yeah. Like okay. go to the, you know, go to the mail and, you know, mail, mail something out, out something mm-hmm. or um, make sure you deposit that check or, okay, you know, like little things that, because I feel like sometimes we overwhelm ourselves with really big to-do lists that are maybe long-term, too long-term and maybe yeah. like there's so much pressure. But like when you start focusing on the now and the present and just the little things you got to get done, I think it makes you feel like, oh, wow, I was very productive today. I did this, that and that. Okay, tomorrow I got to you know, move that over to the next day. So I would write whatever I didn't do in the next page. Okay. And you found it productive. Well, but then, you know, life and work got in the way and I, I was extremely busy, but I still was able to put in some meditation time because okay, I've been having a lot of anxiety. Okay. We all, um, we all, I know. yeah. I hit you up about that. I was like, yeah. girl. <laughs> I almost, well, I did have a panic attack um, like about a week ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it's just overwhelm and um, my body's predominantly very um, in- anxious. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so it doesn't help to have all these things kind of like just build up. But I'm coping with it. I'm getting through it. And the more I talk about it, especially we just ended um, Mental Health Month and it's so real and, and I think it's important for us to talk about it because I was gonna so tell you many that. people go through it. I was going to tell you that, that the first step is talking about it. Yeah. Once you're open about it, I think that it starts to make you feel better. Yeah, you know? I say it to everyone. To the point that when I go and talk to my industry friends, they're like, oh my God, don't worry. I suffer from the same thing. Every, we got like you and Xanax. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, And then I'm like, oh my God, we should have an anxiety club in this industry, you know, because everyone that is has so true. some issue and it's okay. And, you know, and we're getting through it. Um, but I try to power it through it with natural things and more like, because it's all mental. All of my physical ailments that happen to me is because of my mind. Our mind is very powerful. So it's just continue to train my mind. Okay, good. I'm very proud of you. You're, Thank you. You're working towards it. So yes. that's really good. Yes. Good. So if anyone out there feels like they're the only ones going through it, do not feel alone. Trust me. Yeah. And you can always message us and we'll message me. Be like, girl, lunch. I yeah. almost died today. And then we're going to like high five each other and be like, we're still living. We almost die at least every few months for <laughs> real. Know, we, we do. We always we have do. some emergency, some, some like, I don't know. I, yeah. Okay, Alex, I'm going through this. Gabby, I'm going through this. Yeah. And then but we're, we're fine. there, yeah. Yeah. So we're back. We're back. And we have a very special guest, which is so great because this is the community that we want to build. And um, Jessica, who's here, um, contacted us via in, uh, DM. Yeah. And it just, just snowballed. Yeah, she just wanted to let us know show. that she read one of the articles that on we time were out. featured out. So she contacted us, letting us know that she had read the article. And then we checked her out and we were like, Jessica needs to come on the show. Plus, I'm super obsessed with one of the shows that she was on, on the Food Network, which we're going to get into. And when I saw that, I was like, oh, no, she needs to come on the show because I love Halloween. And she is obsessed. I I am literally obsessed. She has a themed party. I do have a, a dinner, a mystery dinner themed party every Halloween. So it's so much fun. But anyway, welcome, Jessica. Thank, Thank you. you for being here. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I reached out to you guys because I was like, damn, these girls are like killing it. And um, I just want, I just wanted to make sure that you guys knew that. And Aww. then when you asked me to be a part of the show, I was like, hell yeah, absolutely. Oh, so so I'm super stoked to be. to be here. Yeah, yeah. totally. So, and Jessica has amazing eyes. I was just telling her she has these like beautiful <laughs> yes. eyes. And how do you stay so skinny being a pastry chef? <laughs> Like, I don't, I don't understand. It's a lot of like portion control. And then uh, my theory is that I, I want to eat whatever I want. So I make sure I love to run like over like at the beach. And then I do a lot of yoga. Well, you so. came here on your bike. Yeah. So you yeah, are dedicated too. to physical yeah. activity. I would have Ubered. I would, I would not <laughs> I know, have me too. to walk. We're it's horrible. hot here. Oh, it's so hot. I was like, am I going to melt before I get there? Yeah. Shit. Like, right. <laughs> So tell us how you got your start with being into like being a pastry chef. What made you want to get into that industry? You know, I, I say that I fell into it, but then I guess other people listening to my story don't necessarily think that because I've been baking all my life, but you know, me and my mom, we were always baking cookies, uh, like every holiday, but even like the little holidays, like Valentine's day and, you know, 4th of July, like we're always making sugar cookies. And whenever it's someone's birthday, we always made cakes, but they were like 
Pillsbury cakes, you know, funfetti, you know. That's <gasps> I the just best. opened the cookie you brought us. And it's two. <laughs> it's, I think it was one. It smells two. so good. They're okay, diff- I have to eat They're it. different, she said. Yeah, they're different. And she baked them this morning, which, oh my mm. God. They, Guys, they are to die for. Yeah, they're brown butter chocolate Super chip cookies. soft. Mm-hmm. Yummy. And they're healthy, right? Oh. Yeah, totes. <laughs> what, what are they again? It's a uh, brown butter chocolate chip cookie. And then one has a, a ghost pepper chili salt. And the other one has tahini. Is that why it has a little bit of a spice? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. That's my favorite. I love like, you know, having like that salt with the chocolate and then like a little bit of spice. Like I grew up with Mexican food. So like I love spice. So that that's kind of my thing. However, I noticed in Miami, it's not everyone else's favorite thing. So I was like, oh, it's a little ballsy, but hopefully they like them. No, we do. We do like spices. I like the combination. Yeah, I like perfect. eating really weird things together. Sweet, sour, like, you know, hot, cold. Like I just mix it all. I, I know there's some people that like eat one thing first and then the other. I'm like, and my plate is a hot mess. <laughs> so I like the combination and I awesome. like spicy food too. It tastes amazing. So let's get back to ah, yes. your, yes. So how, Sorry, I had no, to share about the cookie. How did you get started? So, well, I, I had graduated high school and I literally had no idea what the heck I was going to do with my life. Um, and so I, I started baking a lot um, just because, you know, I, I love to make people happy and to make, uh, you know, have these little surprises. And one day I'm like, you know, making a cake, definitely eating like half of the batter because that's my favorite. And then I literally watched a commercial for culinary school and I was like, yeah, why not? But then I took a tour of the school and I had never seen a professional kitchen before. And it was just, I, I was just amazed. It was just so like, um, like straightforward and organized, but at the same time had so much creativity. And at that point in my life and still a little bit now, like I'm a very like type A personality. Then it was very much like black and white and uh, (laughs) like yes or no. But I also really, really wanted to be a creative person. I always wished I was an artist. And here I was in this uh, environment that encapsulated everything that I was and wanted to be. And um, so I just signed my life away. So many student loans. I had no idea what the hell I was doing. And I uh, begged like the hottest restaurant in town to give me a job. They actually did. I think that they thought I was going to fail, but I just busted my ass like no other so that they couldn't get rid of me. And I ended up just loving it. And ever since then, I just, I crave everything about food. And like, I would, you know, watch constantly Food Network and I'd be reading and I'd be talking to chefs and, you know, just trying to take in like as much information as possible. And, and not even just pastry. Like I, I used to be like a sushi chef. I've done, I've worked the grill and I've worked the fry station. Like I've done everything because I just, I love food and I just wanted to be a part of it. There's a lot of discipline when it comes to cooking. And a lot of people don't realize that. So I think that your type A personality is probably perfect for that. Yes, right? <laughs> especially for pastry because pastry, it's all about, it's a science. And so you have to be very exact. And that's why a lot of people choose either savory or sweet because savory, they just like to like throw things in a pot. And if it doesn't work, then they can you know, throw some more things in there. And like with pastry, if you mess up a cookie, guess what? You got to start all over. Right. The whole batch is gone. You got to throw it out. Yeah. So you have to be like very methodical and it it takes a lot of work to understand your ingredients. Which to me is artistic. I mean, you're an artist. I think chefs are artists. I mean, the way that you guys, you know, pick the right ingredient and make it into something or sometimes pick something that you're like, oh, I think this will go great with that because there's such a science, like you said, behind every ingredient. 
Absolutely. Because, I mean, you have to think about, you know, what textures you want. You know, you need that crunch and that, you know, chewy and that soft. And you also need all of the flavor combinations. You need to make sure it has like acidity and salt content and sweetness. And once you encapsulate all of that, also, you need to make sure it looks presentable and like delicious. So there's a lot to it, but I think that's what makes it really exciting. I didn't, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say an exciting. I was just like devouring it. And to you, that's like, <laughs> wow. It doesn't that give you like such joy to see people like enjoying the food that you make. Absolutely. That's why I do it. That's why I do it. It's, uh, you know, yeah, like I like to cook, but for the most part, I love, I'm in this because I love to see people's reactions. Like it goes from the very beginning, like when you bring out a dish and their eyes light up and they're just so excited. And then when they take that first bite and, you know, they, you just see like the pleasure in their face and, you know, like I created that. And I think that's like super special. And that's, that's what I love to do. And presentation is key. Oh, and oh, Barton yeah. G is known for their incredible over the top. Yes. yes. So tell us about that because it, there's so much preparation that goes into it. How do you come up with these concepts? And what's the craziest like thing that you've ever created? The, the craziest dessert that you've ever created? Oh, I've created a lot of desserts for Barton G. I've only been there for 10 months and I've created about 50 different things because we go through most of my job is a lot of research and development. So I, I test out a lot of ideas and the point is to do crazy things. It, uh, I've been asked to make things that no one has ever seen before. And uh, what's also interesting about my job now is that I'm not only responsible for all of the desserts, all of the desserts come out on centerpieces. So I'm actually the designer of the centerpieces as well, which I was not trained for. <laughs> But I am uh, learning as best as I can. So I think the craziest thing, hmm. I mean, right now we have this dessert and it's a four foot tall ice cream cone. What? Cool. Yeah, it's four I foot I need to go. I just always tall. see it on like Instagram. We, we and need stuff. to go. We need to go to Barnji. Yes. Can you explain before you keep going about that to our listeners that are, aren't from Miami, the type of cuisine that Barnji is known for and then we can get into some of the desserts. Well, Barton G is a dining experience. Uh, we absolutely have amazing food, but you come to Barton G to have an experience. Uh, we, we're not necessarily fine dining. We actually call it fun dining, a uh, coin term, I suppose. And uh, every time you go to Barton G, everything from your drinks to your entree to your sides are always presented on these centerpieces that we call vehicles. So if you order something as simple as deviled eggs, they actually bring you a chicken coop and they open open up the chicken coop in front of you and there's dry ice like smoke like going everywhere and all of a sudden you see the, these little eggs that are nestled in like your little chicken coop and that's how they we present everything it's like uh we try to give every dish its own theme so we have uh desserts like uh, our strawberry fields dessert and it looks like a field of strawberries and it's a gigantic strawberry filled with red velvet cake and cream cheese mousse and then i have these chocolate dipped uh strawberries on the side with pistachios and everything, you know, it just, it really brings our dishes to life. So it's much more than just eating something amazing. You know, you're actually, every single course is totally different. It's not like we even follow a theme of like, you know, all Vikings or know, <laughs> right. whatever the case may be, like every single thing is totally different and it, it makes it really exciting. And so that's why I took the job is because I really wanted to think of the craziest things possible and put them to life. And so um, I'm kind of like a 
I, or some people think that I'm like a mad scientist and uh, it, it's really fun. Um, but, it, but it can be difficult too. Cause it's, you know, you're, you're being asked to be creative every single day. So do you have to produce a new dessert like every month or like, how does it work? Because I'm, I'm assuming you can't have one every week. I mean, it takes time to create and then get it approved. I'm guessing. How is that process? The process is complicated. <laughs> It sounds so, right. <laughs> we can only change our menu once a year. Um, I, and I come from a background where, you know, I'm from California. We used to change our menu like every season. Um, but here, because we're making all of these centerpieces, we make them all in-house. And so all, every piece that we have is an original. So that takes a lot of time, takes a lot of money. So every year when we make this menu change, um, it's almost like having a brand new restaurant, which is very expensive. So what I do is I make creations throughout the year and present them. And then we hold them until we make that big menu change. And uh, so it's a lot of tasting, a lot of back and forth. You know, everyone is involved. You know, I make sure that marketing is involved. You know, Barton, the owner, is incredibly involved every single day. And he is a designer at heart. So he actually has like some amazing ideas. Um, but besides even the regular menu, we do a lot of events. Um, I, I could be, you know, flown to L.A. and like doing an event for, you know, Ocean Beach. Or I could be, um, you know, I would, I'm going to be going to the James Beard house soon, which is very exciting um, and very prestigious. It's supposed to be like a once in a lifetime opportunity to cook at this house. Is that in New York? It's in New York. Okay. I'm very excited. It's going to be in That's July. Really cool. And it's actually my second time. So I'm, I'm very, very humbled. I'm super stoked. Wow. Congrats. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. And I was going to tell you, coming from California, Miami, how is that transition? Why Miami? I mean, obviously here's super international as far as food. So it was that kind of behind in the back of your mind as you wanted to transition back to Miami or you just came because you wanted to? I mean, who doesn't want to come to Miami, okay. right? <laughs> Well, it's funny. I I came here because of the job, but I, w I won't take a job that isn't close to a beach. That's just something that I've learned about myself is that I work so hard. I don't really have time to like, you know, go on like weekend trips away or anything like that. So I have to live near a paradise so that, you know, I can at least have like five minutes whenever I need by a beach. So um, me moving to Miami happened really, really quickly. I was at a job I actually really loved. And uh I had kind of done everything that I could there. And I just thought oh, I'd put my name out there, see what happens to a recruiter. Literally a week later, this guy calls me up. He's like, I've got the perfect job for you. And I thought this guy was full of shit. And <laughs> <laughs> but then, uh, you know, I listened to what he had to say. And he told me about Barton G. And then I actually had a friend that had eaten uh, here before. And I had never been to Miami, but I got flown here to do an interview. I didn't really see any of the city. Um, I only went to my hotel and to the restaurant, but I loved their vibe. I loved what they were doing. And I was at a point in my life where I can take chances. So I moved here uh, literally a month later, not knowing a single soul, never really being to the East Coast. And um, I got very, I got super lucky, though. I made friends like immediately. I just dove in. But you like, have the culture. like a really yes. amazing personality. You do. Oh, well, thank you. you do. Yeah. <laughs> and now you just gained great two new friends. Yeah. So. <laughs> you do have great energy. Well, thank so you. I think we're responsible for what we attract. So I think it was probably very, very easy for you. 
So that's good. So you transitioned from San Diego, right? I transitioned from San Diego. Um, and I for sure got a little homesick, you know, like I used to eat Mexican food every day and all of a sudden there's no California burritos late at night. Right, because the Mexican food here in Miami is not the same as LA, right? It's, or San Diego or, or California. It's not the same. I mean, it's definitely here, but it, it's kind of at like the fancier places. Like there's like this restaurant uh, downtown called uh, Peth, <laughs> P-E-Z. And, uh, Where, that, here? It, yeah, in downtown. Oh, okay. Yeah, and that guy, uh, the chef there, he actually used to have a restaurant in San Diego and in restaurants in Tijuana. And so uh, I went there and I like love his food, but it's like, you know, pricey. Like California right. burrito used to be like five bucks. Right. <laughs> but now I have like new junk food. Like I have croquetas and arepas <laughs> yeah. and like I love that. Oh my yeah, God. It's so good. I never had Cuban that food. Oh, I love it. I mean, but it's huge. So international. You have like uh, Puerto Rican Thai. I mean, there's like Indian food, all types of things. Totally. And so uh, I, even though I haven't, you know, don't have my Mexican food, like the way that I remember, I have so many other amazing things. And I think it's so cool how this place is just such a melting pot of all these like Latin communities. And uh, I'm really loving it. So have you learned a little Spanish? You know, my Spanish is actually getting worse here (laughs) (laughs) because I'm used to Mexican Spanish. Oh, right. And what's the difference? Man, you guys talk so fast. I can't understand anything. <laughs> I'm trying though. And actually it's surprising more every there's a lot of Spanish speakers here, but everyone that speaks Spanish here speaks English. But in San Diego, anyone that speaks Spanish, they actually can't speak English. So I would be forced to speak it. And here I can get away with speaking English all the time. So uh, it's like But as a chef, uh, do you have a lot of contact with, you know, the guests that go to the restaurant or do you come like when the dessert comes out, do you come and explain or how does that work? Not as much, actually. Um, Here in in my position, it's uh, it's kind of higher. So I'm responsible for all locations of Barton Cheese. So we have location in Miami and Chicago and L.A. So I'm responsible for, you know, being the creator and, you know, taking care of all those locations. So I actually have a pastry chef at every location. So they report to you. You kind of report to them of this is how the presentation, this is going to be the dessert, this is how you should do it. Yes. Yeah. Oh, got it. Yeah. So it's uh, and that's been a little different for me because I I used to interact with guests so often. And that was one of my favorite things. And I used to do, you know, so many events where, you know, in charities where I get to meet people and like immediately have that reaction. Yeah, because I immediately said, like, for, I mean, Martin G can totally use you because you're so, you know, you're so presentable. You're, you know, you're cheery. You're very nice, beautiful. So I think, like, you could even do a lot of PR for them as even, like, a chef, you know? Because, yeah. Well, and I think that it's definitely headed that way. You know, uh, technically, I did just start, um, but I'm being given more and more opportunities so that I can showcase that. and, And everyone knows that I've been on, TV a handful of times. Um, so it, it's definitely coming. And uh, and I actually just filmed something recently, but I... Damn it, it's you not can't quite tell released. Us. Okay. <laughs> oh my God, but, but I'm very excited. Let's get into your time on TV. I know Alex wants to talk about... Yes, let's talk about both shows you were on. So you were on Dessert Games and yes. you were... You, you won, right? I did. That's 
awesome. So tell us about that experience and then we'll get into the Halloween um, championships. Dessert Games was crazy. That was actually my very first television show. And my only goal was to not get cut first. That was about it. Uh, yeah, you don't want to go network. home first. Yes. Guys, it's on like uh, the Food Network. I mean, hello. Yes, it's on the Food Network. It's actually a spinoff of uh, Guy's Grocery Games. So this one was only desserts and it's hosted by Duff Goldman, who is actually super cool. Cusses more than you would imagine, (laughs) but still like a great person. (laughs) And just like very, like he like brought us into his trailer. He's like, you guys are going to do great, man. Like you've got this. And so far, like no one has ever done that since. So he's a great person. But how how um, was the casting though for that? How did you get on to being one of the, one of the cast members? Um, it, it, it has differed from show to show for, uh, for dessert games. I was working for a restaurant that had a uh, PR team and it's not that they just give you the opportunity. Basically they just give your name to food network and then food network looks over your resume. They decide whether or not like you're good enough, but then I still had to go through maybe five interviews because you have to talk to them and you talk to them about your resume and they make sure that that's like a real resume. And then you talk to them about food and make sure that, you know, you know what the hell you're talking you're doing and then you have to do a Skype interview so they know that you're not going to like freeze up on camera and like ruin the entire show because you know it's really expensive for them to put all this on so all of a sudden if you don't start running they're screwed right (laughs) they have to give you a pep right and they're probably gauging your personality you know it's all a strategy yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah they they just want to make sure that you know it's a good show but also you know that they have like really compelling people on it right that know what they're doing too like Mm -hmm. it's gonna be like a real race it's not like you know an obvious winner and like an obvious loser you know I went against some chefs that were like really talented and almost everyone on the dessert games episode had been on a show before so I was super intimidated and I was I think like 10 years younger than everyone else too so I was like god what am I doing I don't know and I have this thing where I somehow injure myself before every show. So that show, I was violently ill. And I thought I was going to throw up at like every moment. So I was trying to not throw up, trying to look good. Um, And it's so difficult to be on these shows because you're in a brand new kitchen. So something as simple as like looking for a damn knife is seems impossible. And on dessert games, uh, the whole premise is that you are looking for all of your ingredients in a grocery store. So you get your challenge, which is always ridiculous, and you run around the grocery store, like trying to get all these ingredients. I swear I had PTSD after this. (laughs) I went into a grocery store and I was like, where are the eggs? (laughs) Man, did you ever watch back in the day? I don't know if you did. There was a show where it was all about that. It was so Supermarket. Sweep. Sweep, yeah. Supermarket Sweep. I love that show. It was all about that. And people would run through the aisles and like bump each other Grocery Games is a little bit like that. It's not as intense, but yeah, and it's it's fun. So then after going into Whole Foods, you were like experiencing panic attacks. Yes. I was like, oh my God, do I have everything? Is it the right amount of money? (laughs) It's just like, right. Wow. I don't know. Kind of keeps with you the whole time. How many days do you film for? For that show, it was only one, but it's like a 17 hour day. Okay. Yeah, it's a lot because, uh, I mean, the challenges are super real. Like the timing that they give you is 100% accurate. I was going to ask you that. Is it really like you have to make a meal in 20 minutes? Like for real, it's 20 minutes. And it's 
hard. It's so hard. It's it's and insane. then the pressure of the cameras on you and oh yeah, it's really hot and you know and they like pack makeup on your face and it's just like you're sweating. It's uh. It, it's definitely it, like being on the shows by far is like one of the hardest things I've ever done in my career. Um, they but are I'm really sure it has it prepared you for whatever. At this point, you're like, hey, bring it on. <laughs> right? Totally. Absolutely. I mean, and I for me, it definitely like upped my confidence, too. I mean, you know, like I always like, unfortunately, you know, would like doubt myself or like you're always looking at other people like, oh, like you know, what do they have that I don't? Or like, oh, no, they're better than me and like things like that. And then when I won that show, I was like, damn, like, okay, I can do this. Like, that was like an amazing moment for me. Like, yeah, it's cool to win. But like, for me as like a chef, that that changed my entire viewpoint on myself and my capabilities. And now I take more risks. I obviously moved my entire life to Miami <laughs> for a reason, you know. I And I think there that's part of it. Um, I don't, I couldn't imagine ever doing these things before. And now I I take every opportunity that there is and and just go for it. So what was the winning dessert that you made? (laughs) The winning dessert, I was asked to make a ultimate ice cream sandwich. And oh my God, I have, I love sweets, (laughs) but there's a big twist. I had to use a secret ingredient, and it was chicharrones. Oh, I've never weird. think of chicharrones with ice cream. Sam. I don't oh, think no. about chicharrones. Period. Like, <laughs> no. Chicharrones, basically, for anybody listening, is pork grind, right? Pork grind. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah it's no. Very crunchy. But I'm sure it tastes amazing. Well, the thing is that uh, chicharrones don't—they don't have that much flavor at the end of the day. They're just like kind of fatty. And so, yeah, they like go to with to something together with something else to complement yeah, something else, right? Yeah, for sure. And so I was like, okay, I like this is what the thing with Food Network is that when they give you a challenge, as long as you like hold true to that challenge, like if it's a chicharron challenge, like you put as much chicharron in there as you possibly can, <laughs> and as long as it's like a good dish, like you're gonna win. Like that that is actually the key to all of these games is that like be good at what you do. And make sure you follow the challenge. If you, you know, try to get fancy or do something you don't know what you're doing, you're going to fail and it doesn't work out. So I did chicharrones three ways. I put it, I made a, a waffle that was house-made and I, I put it in there. I made a uh, chocolate ganache and added uh, the pork rinds into that. And then I also smashed it into uh, my ice cream because I was thinking, you know, it's kind of like bacon. And so I wanted to have like that chocolatiness. And then, uh, you know, I, I seem to add tahini to everything. So <laughs> that was incorporated. That's very California of you. I feel like that's <laughs> how I got introduced to tahini in California. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. You put it on everything, I literally. Love like tahine. fruit, mm-hmm. everything. Everything. Absolutely. So, uh, so, yeah, I, I did all of that. And the thing that held true with all of my challenges on that um, show was that I made everything from scratch. And when you're in the grocery store, you're allowed to cheat. You can buy Eggo waffles. You can, you know, grab whatever you want. But I always made everything from scratch, even under the timelines. And so that, I think, was what really set me apart um, from everyone else. So, right, because they're watching you the whole time as you're making yep. these desserts. Yeah, they're watching me the whole time. And uh, yeah, and so, yeah, like the guy next to me, he used Eggo waffles and he used pre-made ice cream. All right. I mean, he's a great chef. But then I was like, dude, come on. Right, right. <laughs> I like that. I like that you were like strategic about like being true to yourself and you typically always do everything from scratch. 
Always. Yeah. I, that, that's something I think is important. I mean, like I'm a chef, like I, you know, I, I'm not going to buy something else that someone else made when I know that I can make it better. Yes. Um, <laughs> I mean, it, it just makes more sense. And then, you know, especially, you know, uh, just holding true to like community too. Like I love using like fresh produce, you know, from like where I'm from. And, and I think that's important and, you know, it helps our community and it like, brings us all together. And uh, that's something I'm really passionate about as well. And now the Halloween baking championships. Yes. <laughs> okay, I'm going, I, oh, I already ate one full cookie. Uh-huh. I think I'm going to go into the second one, but continue. Okay. <laughs> okay. So that, I love a good theme. So tell us what you created for for that show. Oh, man. Well, the show, I was in every episode. I made it all the way to the finale. So. How many days did you film? Well, I was there for two weeks. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I believe we filmed, oh, man, I think, what is there, seven episodes? Something like that. Um, and so I think we filmed for like 10 days. And like, it's one, one uh, creation per episode, right? Uh, two creations two creations yeah you'll have like a little mini challenge and then you'll have like the the final challenge where someone you know has to go home so um I had to make lots of weird stuff like I had to make like witch's fingers out of cookies that's so cute (laughs) I love it yeah it it was really fun you know And, and at one point I had to make like a tart that had like a rat on it um it all of the Halloween challenges always had to be about Halloween things. So it really just depended. So these challenges were especially difficult for me because it was all about um, decorating, which I, I'm all about flavors and textures and presentation, but I do restaurant desserts. I'm not a cake decorator. I used to be, but I stopped that because it's not my thing. <laughs> and what is the difference, you know, the cake decorator versus the restaurant? I mean, I don't know. I don't know the difference. There's just a lot of different skills in pastry. And usually people uh, tend to stay in one direction. So for cake decorating, you're you're decorating a lot. You know, you're working with fondant. You're working with buttercream, a lot of piping. Um, you're using a lot of materials. And you're usually actually taking someone else's ideas and bringing them to life, which was always kind of difficult for me because I feel like everyone has like this grand idea of what they want for their cake and I think that's frightening that if I don't <laughs> make that absolutely perfect of like what they've imagined um you know that that would that would hurt me because my at the end of the day I want to make people happy so instead my loophole is that I make what makes me happy and if someone else shares that like that's like more special to me and that's why I gravitate towards restaurant desserts um, uh, you know, the other fields that you can go into, you can be a chocolatier. Um, you're only working with chocolate, making bonbons. You can make centerpieces. Usually that's a lot of like, uh, hotel experience. Um, you know, there's even like sugar artists. Um, and then sometimes, you know, as simple as like cupcake bakeries, you know, it's surprisingly like a large community of lots of different options. That's good to know. I definitely didn't know that there were so many like lanes in it. Yeah, I thought that you kind of like specialized in all of it, but it makes total sense because you can be a great baker and you're not the best decorator. Totally. Right? So, but that's why you know going on the show, it's important to know everything. So I've I've worked with chocolate, I've worked with sugar, I've been a cake decorator. I I le- I enjoy all so the that's restaurants. Like, that's a key takeaway. So yes. in any industry, you should learn every aspect of it, and then you know you could feel more confident in anything that you end up being an expert in. You know, absolutely. And then and then you know for sure, like you know what you shine in. But it it's important to have like respect for other people's 
industry and like what they do. And, uh, and, and it's only going to help your career more. And that's why, I mean, I have savory experience as well. I mean, my, my favorite job by far was when I was a sushi chef. I, I loved it. It was, mm, and it's a lot sushi. like dessert, um, because it's so uniform and there's a lot about presentation. Um, there's a lot of, uh, respect involved. And that's, a, I think also what changed my career a lot because in the sushi world, um, it's almost like a religion. Um, every piece every ingredient is, um, really, really respected. So what was said to me is that, you know, when you're washing the rice for your sushi rice, that if you let one grain go down the drain, that's like considered like a God and like, how dare you let that, you know, just go down the drain. So really makes you appreciate ingredients and, um, make sure you don't waste. Did you ever watch that, um, Netflix, um, was it on Netflix? It was a movie called Hero Heroes yes, Sushi yes. Dreams, I think it was Sushi called. Dreams, yeah. How good was that? It was There's amazing. so much discipline that goes into making sushi, though. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of discipline, and, uh, and there's a lot of work to it. Right. And if you're a really traditional person, then you're actually, even if you are a trained sushi chef, you go into a new kitchen, you don't get to do sushi. You're in right. the dish pit. Right. And you're you're supposed to watch the person making the rice and then you're upgraded to making rice and then you watch the person, you know, cutting or making the rolls. Um, and, you know, the, the highest caliber is, you know, being able to prepare like the sashimi or, you know, breaking down the fish. And, you know, every single part of that fish is always used. And I, I think that's important, too, because, I mean, there's a lot of waste involved in food and having that respect for it is, is I think really important right so it's like a mentee thing in the beginning you have to kind of work your way up so speaking of mentees like what advice do you have for uh, future female chefs that want to get into the industry because it's pretty male dominated right now and it has been for a really long even though you think cooking it's a woman's you know thing to do it's actually mostly males out there it is definitely mostly males absolutely um my biggest advice for people getting into this industry is to just be strong and, and to know what you want from yourself. Like, you know, what kind of person are, do you want to be? What kind of chef do you want to be? And you just always have to keep that in mind. You know, people, no matter, you know, male or female, they're, they're going to put you down, unfortunately. And um, I think the worst choice that a lot of women do is that they try to play the game and they, they try to be one of the men and, you know, put down other women because they just don't want to be the person that's put down. And I think that's the worst mistake that, that girls can do. Um, I think that we, we need to be there for each other and we need to be each other's support. And at the end of the day, we need to realize like, we're here to make good food and your dumb ego, like doesn't matter. And there's no place for it. And so when you're getting into this industry, you just have to be really true to yourself and you have to work hard and you have to be a hustler like that. Like you have to be a hustler. Like no one's going to give you anything. 100%. No matter who you work for or what you do, you're going to have to give up a lot of things. But if you, if this is your passion, this is what you want to do, then you're going to do everything you possibly can to get there. That's really, really good advice. And what do you feel has been instrumental in helping you succeed? Helping, I think the reasons I've succeeded is that I've always known that no one was going to help me. I, I didn't grow up with a, or get into this industry with a mentor. Um, I 
didn't really have anyone to look up to. I mean, especially when I got in the industry, all of my chefs, um, they were bad people. They were mean people. And they put you down. They tell you that you're nothing. And you t- they, tell the, they tell you that, you know, that you're crap, that you're not a good chef, and that you should just quit. And that's constant. Uh, that was my entire career. And you just... The reason I succeeded is that I always said no. And I always knew that I wanted more for myself. I knew I wanted to be a chef and there wasn't going to be anyone that would stop me. But, um, you know, and I just had to hold true to that. And I had to do a lot of things to make sure I stayed in the industry. And sometimes I had to work crummy jobs, but I was learning and I had respect for myself. And when it got to a point that, it wasn't okay, or I was being mistreated, then I would get the hell out of there. And, you know, a lot of people in this industry, they'll, they're always looking for that big resume pusher. They're like, oh, I have to work at this Michelin star restaurant, you know, because that's going to look so good for my resume. And I I don't believe that, you know, if, if that Michelin star restaurant, if you're going to learn from that place and they're going to treat you with respect, I think that's great. But I've never Personally, I've never worked for a famous chef, and and I believe that I'm successful, and I believe that this is only the beginning, and I think that you make your own future, and I think that's why I'm so successful is because I've always had a dream, and I've always held true to it, and I've had good people there to support me along the way, and and you just have to keep that in mind, and you can't listen to anyone else. I see that. I see you really go with your heart. Yes. In everything that you do. And. And unfortunately, it's a lot about, unfortunately, but it's a very emotional business. I mean, like when I'm making food, my heart is into it. Like I like I truly want you to enjoy it. And and that means a lot to me. That's why I'm doing it. I'm not doing this, you know, yeah, to be written about or, you know, to be on TV, though, that'd be really cool. <laughs> but <laughs> is that like your dream? Would you want to have like your own show? That would be that would I be could awesome. totally see her Let's having put her it own out show. there. Yeah, me yes. too. <laughs> Come on, Jessica. Sure. I I would love that. I, I mean, you know, but but it's not like oh, because I want to be famous. But I would actually be able to connect to so many people, and I think that that would be so amazing. Um, you know, like I'm always there for like anyone. Like if anyone needs any advice, like I got you. Like no, like you could be a stranger or whatever. And if there's like a bigger platform where I can inspire people to like follow their dreams or just do their own thing in their own like personal kitchen, like I think that's amazing. And I'd love to be a part of that more. I think that you're going to inspire a lot of people with this episode. Yeah. Yeah. You will. Absolutely. Is there anything that you do to keep your heart and your spirit so lively? Like, do you have any like, do you have mantras or like vision board? Because I feel like a lot of it also has to do with you. Like you have you know, created all these things in your life. Do you practice anything in particular to keep you so centered? I, I try to do as much yoga as I can because for me, there's, I, I stress out a lot and and it gets too much. And then when I stress out too much, then that negativity takes over. And yoga is like the only time where I actually don't think about anything. My mind is silent and I can relax. And I, I think you know, having a good balance and mostly like a support system. Like I have some amazing friends that have always been there from the beginning. You know, they were there for me when I was a damn Uber driver in between jo- in between jobs because I, I needed a job. And I like there was a chef who literally told me that he was planning on making my life miserable if I decided 
if I didn't quit and I quit the job, I was like, what do I do with my life? I had to be an Uber driver. It sucked. But like, you know, my friends were there for me and they knew that I was talented even when I didn't. And they pushed for me and I, you know, I just kept going. And that's like that by far was just so important to me. And and that's how I keep going. And, you know, because I have these people in my life and I think it's really important. You You can't do this alone. It's too hard. Like the, the world is not kind. You need to have people that are there for you. Well, I think what I've learned just by sitting with you is that you have, you know, you were willing to sacrifice. You had the hustle and you have the passion. And those are have been really key pillars for you. And it's awesome to see you like really grow into like who you wanted to be. Thank and you. I'm sure there's more because like where do you see yourself eventually? Oh, man. The thing is, is that like my career has led me to like crazy things that I never even thought possible. So my whole mantra is like, if it sounds like a great opportunity, like (laughs) I'm going to say yes, like almost every time. Like, you know, if Bon Appetit wants me to write an article, by the way, that'd be cool. Uh, Like that would be so amazing. Like I love writing. Like maybe that's something that happens or maybe I get my own show or, you know, or you know, maybe I write a blog or I, I don't know. I mean, or I continue cooking and just work for badass restaurants. But uh, that's why so many great things are happening to you because your heart is open. Yes. So that's, that's what's allowing everything to come through. Yeah. Endless possibilities. Yes. And, th- and I think that's what makes life exciting. Like, I have no idea where I'm going to be in five years, but I know it's going to be a ride and I'm totally in for it. I love it. <laughs> Where can people keep in touch with you? Because I'm sure there's going to be so many aspiring chefs, women chefs, that maybe want to just pick your brain or just get some advice. Well, I'm definitely on Instagram. Super easy. It's uh, at Jessica Scott and then the number one. So uh, you can definitely, you know, direct message me. I have like a public profile um, and you're more than welcome yet to message me or, you know, if you have questions or, you know, are interested in the industry in any way, like I, I'm totally open for anything. Um, That was one cool thing about being on the Food Network is I actually had a lot of people reach out to me and like even get like baking advice (laughs) and I'm totally in for it. Like it's, it's no problem at all. I mean, you know, I I can't, you know, talk to you every single day, but I will absolutely (laughs) try my best. We get it. She's a busy woman, guys. Yeah. But that's amazing. Thank you so much. I think um, your energy is super contagious and I'm so happy that I got to meet you. And we definitely have to go to Bar and G. Yes. Yes, definitely. Absolutely. So we will go visit you soon. And we're going to ask you a lot of baking questions. I'm yeah, have girl, to text I you don't know because... how to even like, I don't know how to do nothing. So <laughs> I believe in you. <laughs> Anyone can bake. I promise. I like, I like to cook a lot. So I'm going to be asking you for some, for some tips. Okay, cool. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much for being here. And I'm really excited for the projects that you have coming up that you can't talk about. But is, is it, I have a question for that. Is yes. it going to be print or television? Um, Just so we can we can kind of like look out for it. <laughs> well, there's going to be uh, yeah one television. It's a short one, and then um, Barton G is actually looking to open up a new concept as well. So very I'm really cool! For that. Wow! Very congrats cool. to you. Thank you. I wish you the best. Yes, thank you so much. Well, and thank you so much for having me here. You guys are doing it so many amazing things, Aww, and I'm super stoked to be here. So thank you so thank much. You. Thank, thank you. you for reaching out to us. Really, I, yes. I mean, it's a community. You can easily just DM someone, and, and look, we connect it. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you everyone for listening and for being inspired and always, you know, just being our supporters. Uh, Keep in touch with us at Girls Gone Boss and always, you know, check us out on all um, platforms. We're everywhere. You're listening to 
Girls Gone Boss. Hosted by Alex and Gabby. I love you guys. Oh, yeah.